You're listening to the New Muslims Field Guide podcast, where we tell you all the things we wish someone had told us when we first converted to Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the New Muslims Field Guide podcast. I'm Teresa Corbin. And I'm Kayla Umadayo. If you're a new Muslim, you may have not actually had the opportunity to hear about the revelation of the Quran. Maybe you don't know actually how it was revealed to Prophet Muhammad. Maybe you've not even heard that story. And really, what's the significance to that in Ramadan? The Quran was initially revealed the first time in the month of Ramadan. So essentially, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was a very inquisitive and intuitive person who really was kind of disturbed by what he saw in Mecca at the time. So his people, the tribe he belonged to, the Quraysh, were the ruling tribe of Mecca at the time. And, you know, he saw them kind of taking advantage of the pilgrims who used to come to Mecca to worship the false gods that were there, the false idols. So by the time Prophet Muhammad was an adult, there were 365 or 360 idols surrounding the Kaaba, which is that black box that you see in Mecca that people are walking around where some people falsely assume we're worshiping it or something and we're not. So essentially, during that time, he, you know, he saw the kind of way that the Quraysh were kind of taking advantage of the pilgrims who would come because Mecca is kind of this central area in the desert, this sort of oasis, and they needed water and they needed food and, you know, things like that. So the Quraysh would sometimes take advantage of that. And this was just one of the things that Prophet Muhammad was disturbed by, as well as, you know, polytheism in general. So we know, you know, from um, the history that we have, it's called Sira, the stories of Prophet Muhammad's life, right? That he himself was not a polytheist. And there were some people at that time who also weren't. And, you know, even the Quran says, if you were to ask them, you know, who brings the rain, who is in charge of, you know, everything, who is your creator? They would say it's Allah. Even the polytheists at that time would have said it. But they looked at Allah as more of like kind of the God above all the other gods was their kind of idea. He was the boss of the other gods, if you will. So Prophet Muhammad was really disturbed by this, as well as the rampant alcoholism and the fact that people were burying their baby daughters because it was seen as a shame to have a child that was a girl. There were just a lot of really shady, messed up things happening in pre-Islamic Mecca. They were always at war with each other. They were always warring tribes, slavery, horrible conditions for women. It was just a bad, bad, bad time to be a sensitive soul like Prophet Muhammad was. So he was in the practice of kind of escaping from the world and going off like a little hermit, like Teresa and myself are hermits. He would kind of go away from the people, away from kind of the chaos and the kind of, you know, sin that was happening in Mecca. And his favorite place to go or one of his favorite places to go was this certain cave that he liked to go hang out in. He would go there and just kind of ponder and think and pray and talk to God. Okay. And that was, that was a regular practice of his. It was something that his wife Khadija knew about that, you know, it was this, this is where Muhammad is going when he needs to get away from things. So on one such event, he was particularly disturbed by what was going on. And he was sitting in the cave of Hera. And the description goes that there was suddenly this light, this, you know, the, the whole cave was just full of light. And there was this like booming thunderous voice that was like gripping him. And the voice said, read. Like it was a command, Iqra, which means read, okay? And Prophet Muhammad, again, there's been kind of differences in translation. Some people say it means recite. This was an illiterate society that was based completely on oral tradition. So people were memorizing things. They were memorizing entire epic sagas and stories. And so 
to not be able to read was a common thing. But if you take Iqra to mean recite, well, that really it has an even more powerful meaning. This voice is saying to him, read or recite. The the accounts that we have have him responding to that voice saying, I can't, I can't read. Or some, you know, some have said that his response was, even I won't because he was afraid of being kind of considered a, a poet at that time. Poets had kind of a kind of messy reputation. So essentially he was disturbed by what was happening to him. And the, the, the kind of grip that he felt physically around his chest just kept getting tighter and tighter. Right. So eventually he's so disturbed by this. Okay. And the voice finally says, um, I don't actually know how to say it all completely in Arabic off the top of my head, but basically read, recite or read in the name of your Lord who created created man from a clinging substance, recites, and your Lord is the most gracious, who taught by the pen, taught men that which he knew not. These verses were revealed to Prophet Muhammad, and it was in the month of Ramadan. So he is incredibly disturbed by this experience. And some scholars have said that he felt like, you know, a, a spirit, a demon had possessed him. He was really, really scared, right? So he, goes right. He, he was being squeezed, like, physically, so that he thought that he was going to die. Exactly, exactly. So he goes home to his wife, Khadija. And, you know, the sources tell us that he fled to home to her and just, you know, said to her, like, cover me, cover me, like, not in the sense he was cold. But in a sense, he was frightened, you know, like you kind of want to get underneath your covers, you know, when you feel really afraid. I still do that, man. Yeah. I still do that. I get under my covers. And, you know, there's the safe place for your leg to be and the not safe place in case the boogeyman can grab you. Right. That's only me. Right. right. That makes me weird. No, no, that's not you. But so why? Like, aside from, as you mentioned, he was being physically squeezed and it was just a really, really powerful experience. The... Quran was initially revealed in Ramadan. That's one of the reasons that we like to say that the point of Ramadan is not fasting. Fasting is an aspect of Ramadan. The focus of Ramadan is really the Quran. It's renewing your relationship with the Quran. It's renewing your dedication to reading. And the, uh, you know, Allah says in the Quran, he revealed it to us. So that, so that you will consider it, ponder it, think about it, meditate on it. The Quran was revealed so that we would really ponder on its verses and not just, you know, read them, which is why we talked about another episode, the importance of reading it in your native language, as well as listening to it and trying to read it in Arabic. Ramadan is the month of the Quran. It's commemorating that, renewing the relationship, like Halo said, but the fasting aspect of it adds so much. So as far as, you know, the Quran is concerned, though, I think that in Ramadan, there's this kind of emphasis on reading as much of it as you possibly can, getting it all done because you want to get it, you know, had, you want to, you want to, you want to make sure you get all the way through it. And I think that when you've got that kind of attitude, you're missing it. It's not meant to be a sprint. It's meant to be a marathon, you know? So I, I think at the end of the day, it's really more quality over quantity when it comes to the Quran and Ramadan, having a relationship with Allah that is informed by the Quran, I think is extremely important. How do we know who Allah is? What the Quran tells us he is. How do we, how do we know about his qualities? Well, we know his qualities based on what he says about himself. You know, um, the Quran is really God's message to humankind. The Quran is a final revelation from Allah that came to correct some of the misconceptions that developed because of translation issues and things like that. And also people just intentionally. Yeah, let's talk about what really happened. Taking out things that they just didn't want to share. And the Quran talks about that. You know, the Quran talks about the previous 
as we said, nations, you know, the previous peoples who intentionally distorted God's word for their own purposes, right? For their own evil intentions. So the Quran is God's final message to us. That doesn't mean that we reject outright everything in the Bible or we reject outright everything in the Torah. That's just not reality. So much of it is still so profound and so beautiful and so true. Ultimately, though, the Quran is our standard of judging whether or not something is true. If you want to know who Allah is, you learn about him through his word, through the Quran. If you want to know about him, you learn about him through his his uh, final prophet and messenger, Muhammad. We have things called Hadith Qudsi, which is an Arabic word that means basically a saying from Prophet Muhammad that has been authenticated. And it's a saying wherein he is speaking for God on behalf of God, which is different than the Quran. So the Quran was revealed to Prophet Muhammad through the angel Jibreel or Gabriel, you may have heard of in the Christian tradition. Okay. Directly from God through Gabriel's lips to Prophet Muhammad, okay, or lips, if you will, from the angelic standpoint. So, but Hadith Qudsi are literally, God has spoken to Prophet Muhammad, and Prophet Muhammad is coming and telling us about it. And so it's words from the mouth of Prophet Muhammad, okay, that initially came from God to Prophet Muhammad, so there was no angel Jibreel involved. We do write a little bit about this in the book, about how this, we don't reject these books, these are actually a tenet of our faith to believe in them just not as they stand today. We believe in their original form, which the Quran has come to reaffirm and take out what's been added and, and correct, as Kayla said. And I think this this whole talking about why the month of Ramadan and like the story of how Prophet Muhammad received revelation is such a great reminder. Like I'm just realizing this now after being Muslim for 17 years that we are going to the cave this mm. month. Powerful. We are going to to leave those things that disturb us, that should disturb us. And if they don't disturb us, we're in the cave to think why they don't disturb us. Where have we gone wrong? What is in our society that we need to we need to affect change for? You know, we're going to the cave so that we can come back better and give to our societies more and be healthier people for ourselves. Even. Indeed. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Listener. Would you like a free copy of our book? as well as a copy of Teresa's The Islamic Adult Coloring Book and Halal Comfort Food, then you need to go to thenewmuslimsfieldguide.com and enter our Ramadan giveaway for a chance to win a free copy of each of those awesome books. Make sure you enter to win before May 30th. Until next time, my name is Kayla Omadayo. My name is Teresa Corbin. And this is the New Muslims Field Guide Podcast.